Okay, we can start our practice. Please sit comfortably and try to keep your back straight as much as possible. And take a few deep, long breaths. Breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth. Do it a couple of times. And gently close your eyes if you like. If you're having a hard time relaxing your body and your mind, <clears throat> think about the word relaxed and how you feel when you think about that. <clears throat> It's a beautiful morning and you all are here <clears throat> to practice loving-kindness and a mindfulness. And understand and aware of your intention when it comes to practice, having the right intention and follow through that intention is very important. When your mind is quiet and calm and tranquil, <clears throat> not only it helps you to practice and it also helps you to understand your intention in, in general, in life, and what you are looking from this practice. When it comes to meditation, <clears throat> practice in loving-kindness, is very important, that's the base of our practice, that's the foundation. Because at times you can get discouraged with how you feel when you practice. Sometimes we don't have the same intent Sometimes it's hard for us to follow through. When you have that, having kindness towards you will help you to, to overcome that because then you will give yourself a second, third chances to, to practice. Think to yourself, may I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. <coughs> may I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful. <coughs> May I be well, may I be happy, 
May I be peaceful. Now send your loving and kind thoughts towards your family members, your parents, your grandparents, your husband, your wife, your partners, your children, your grandchildren. Send your loving and kind thoughts towards them. May all my family members be well, be happy, be peaceful. May all of my family members be well, be happy, be peaceful. Sometimes you may have a difficult family members or friends in your life. That's hard to get along with, or you might have bad experiences. Experiences how they treat you, or how they talk to you, and how they're treating you. We all are human beings, we all make mistakes. If you have someone in your life that when you think about them, if it creates negative emotions, negative thoughts, try to forgive them. Because the forgiveness is not for someone else. Forgiveness is for ourselves. Forgiveness can free yourself. The real, true loving-kindness, once you develop that, you can send your loving thoughts even towards your enemies, people that you don't like or you don't get along with. The true loving-kindness is like a picture frame. You can add any picture into it without changing the frame. That's the true loving-kindness. Send your loving and kind thoughts towards all living beings, human beings, non-human beings. May all living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful. May all living beings be well, Be happy, be peaceful. May all living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful.
<coughs> if you want to change your posture during the practice, be mindful and change your posture anytime you like. Now all of you are hearts and minds are full of love and compassion within yourself and towards others. We can start our mindfulness practice. Now gently start your focus towards your breathing and understand and aware when you breathe in, you are breathing in and understand and aware when you breathe out, you are breathing out. Pay attention to each and every inhale and exhale. When you try to do that, you will find the thoughts coming to your mind and distract you and try to take you somewhere else, <coughs> which is very normal. But each and every time when you realize that you are not paying attention to your breathing and your mind is wandering, bring your attention back to focus on your breathing. Each inhale and exhale. When you get distracted, allow your breathing to bring you to present moment. When you pay attention to your breathing, inhale and exhale, sometimes you will feel a subtle sensation of your breathing, maybe on your upper lips or in your, inside your nostril or back of your throat. Or you can feel it down in your belly as it arises with inhale and falls away with exhale. Wherever you feel that subtle sensation, start to 
concentrate on that part of your body. If you don't feel that, which is normal, don't try to find it. Just pay attention to your inhale and exhale. If you get distracted by a thoughts or a feeling or a sensation, please bring your attention back to focus on your breathing.
Please bring your palms together in front of your heart. Make a strong determination to practice this meditation every day, even for a short time. May no harm come to you. May no difficulties come to you. May you be well. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. And thank you very much. You can open your eyes. Um, today we are not going to do the whole chanting, but we are going to read uh, My Wish. Um, I don't know which page it is, probably 11. Did you find it? 11, yeah. May I become now a protector for those who without protection, Morning, everyone. Did you all have a good practice? Good. So today, uh, our Dhamma talk is um, going to be given by our dear friend Grant. So it's all yours, Grant. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's such an honor, always such an honor to be invited up here um, to, as, a, as a lay practitioner, you know, as someone who's not a monastic, uh, a householder, to come up and share uh, my spiritual practice and my understanding um, of, of Buddhism through kind of my personal experience. And, and, that's, and that's when lay practitioners come up here. That, that's really what, what our, our kind of our guidance is is to share our experience, strength, and hope about, about a topic in Buddhism that, that means something to us. Um, and, and before I get into that, I actually found a couple amazing Buddhist jokes uh, last night. Like, I've always wondered, like, there's never, like, I haven't heard any Buddhist jokes. And so here, here's a couple of them. Okay, so why don't Buddhists vacuum in the corners? Because they have no attachments. All right? Okay, we're just getting warmed up here. Why did the Buddhist coroner get fired? Because he always recorded the cause of death as birth. Right? Right? Okay, here's, here's the last one. What did the sign in the monastery searching for new monks say? Inquire within. You know, it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, and so, hey... Uh, I, today, the, the thing I'm going to talk about um, uh, is the five precepts. We've been kind of building up, as, as we do each year, to the end of October in our precepts ceremony. Um, and, and we've heard uh, from, from some monks about it and, and some lay practitioners. And so I'm going to kind of throw my hat in the ring and talk to you today a little bit about my experience um, with the, the five precepts or mindfulness trainings. Um, and, and really, the, the five precepts here, I'll read them real quick, um, right from the back of our chanting book, is I undertake the training rule to refrain from taking life. I undertake the training rule to refrain from stealing. I undertake the training rule to refrain from sexual misconduct. I undertake the training rule to refrain from false speech. And undertaking the training rule to refrain from intoxicants. Um, and, and, and in those, you know, those are all telling us kind of like what, what we're refraining from. And, and I'm going to get into a little bit about, you know, also the, the other side of the coin. I really like dialectics. So I, you know, while I need to know what not to do, like I also want to know kind of what, what to do, you know, how to, how to behave or comport myself, how to, how to try and experience the world in a way, 
um, that, that, that's helpful and helps me cultivate wisdom and compassion. Um, and, and these trainings are like, it's kind of like a framework. They're ideals. Um, they're, they're intentions to hold. You know, they're not, it's, it's not, it's not black and white, right? There's no like objective, like, you know, don't do this or, or something really bad's gonna, gonna happen. You know, it, it, a lot of this is subjective stuff. You know, it's a moral and ethical framework, uh, for, for, for us to, to understand ourselves better and understand like the, the world a little bit better. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know about you guys. I grew up with this concept of like sinning and, and kind of being punished with kind of shame and fear. Um, and, and like bad things happening when, when you, when you, when you mess up, um, or, or like you're, you're going to go to hell or, or something like that. And in Buddhism, we don't really have like a hell, you know, at least not in this, this kind of Theravadan Buddhism. Um, uh, you know, I, but I would say that there is a hell and, and the hell can be in the present moment when I'm full of, of craving or aversion. If I'm deluded about, uh, about, about something that's going on, um, if I'm full of distress, you know, I can really experience my own form of hell and kind of like in the here and now. Um, and, and I think these five precepts can, can help me with that. You know, I, the, the, this is probably my fourth or fifth year kind of going through the precepts and thinking about them and talking about them. And, 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 you know, I noticed that they, they start to just pop up in my life, uh, when I, when I most need it. And, and I really think it, it follows the principle of, uh, of kind of like what we focus on expands. You know, I recently, we were, uh, uh, buying a new car recently and, 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 and we'd been kind of like, uh, uh, talking about cars and looking at cars and really filling filling my consciousness with uh, with cars and and so like everywhere I looked I started to see like all these different types of cars and 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 the brands and what they look like and who was driving them and so like I was really focused on on that and and you know I've noticed that you know even this month of being more focused on the precepts like these things are just coming into my awareness more. Um, and it, and it's just, and it's just really helpful, um, uh, for me. It's almost like having a friend who kind of shows up right in the nick of time and is like, Hey, are you sure, like, you want to do that? Like, what, let's just think about this a little bit more. Um, um, and, and so it's, um, such a nice way to cultivate, uh, wisdom and, and compassion. And so I'm going to go through all five precepts and, and just give you a little bit of the, uh, my, my understanding of them and, and, and through my understanding and me talking, you know, you'll, you'll be able to then just kind of, uh, notice what comes up in you, um, and, 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 and where you're at with, with these things and, um, um, and, and how, you know, they, they fit into your life and practice. So, ah. <clears throat> You know, the first one is uh, no killing, right? To refrain from killing. And, and the other side of that coin is this, this reverence for life, for all sentient beings. And, you know, so, some people might have heard the word ahimsa, right? Kind of like this idea of not harming uh, sentient beings. And it's kind of like a commitment uh, that, that people make. But, you know, we're all faced with these uh, different things, Every day, uh, different situations where this might come up. And in my perspective, you know, like the, the narrow view of this is, is like physical violence, like actually not killing a sentient being. And, you know, my perspective of all this stuff's a little bit interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a former uh, Marine Corps combat veteran who served in Iraq. And I'm also a social worker who kind of helps people you know, deal with the wounds of war and, um, and everything they went through, you know, and, and I really, uh, say former, uh, United States Marine, which, which might be insulting to some people, but I just find it more accurate, you know, now that I've kind of been practicing Buddhism for a while, like I really can see how, um, like these identities and, and things that I attach to myself cause a lot of suffering inside of me. And so, like, if I can just, like, get a little, create a little distance between me and that identity, 
uh, that at one time was like so important and and was like all of my DNA. Um, uh, if I can get a little space uh, between that, you know, just it really helps me understand where I land. You know, like like where the the me that that doesn't have all that conditioning as a United States Marine stands. Um, and so, you know, I've been working to decondition my mind from like all of the military stuff for, you know, for about 20 years now, but, but not all of it, right? Cause there's some really good parts in there that, that, that really help me, uh, on a daily basis. Um, but, but there's other things, um, that aren't so helpful. And, and that, that didn't start in the Marine Corps though. That, that, that conditioning process, um, uh, starts with with all of us in one way or another, just by virtue of the family we grow up in, the culture, um, and 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 how the and, and how they're uh, geared towards uh, cultivating violence and aggression in people through different things like you know sports, playing war games as kids, the movies uh, and TV and media we consume, the conversations we have, the people we look up to and admire. You know, as, as a kid, I mean, just, just, it, it was the perfect storm of, of things that, that I participated in and, uh, people I admired and really kind of left my adolescence just really a perfect candidate, uh, to, to be somebody who, um, who, who, who would join the military. And, and really this, uh, you know, one of the, the, the ways that, that violence starts is, is in our minds. You know, it doesn't start, uh, with an action. And, you know, as a culture, we experience this over and over again, uh, because we're such a, a warlike and aggressive nation. Uh, we're, we're, we're continuously at war. Um, and, you know, essentially, uh, the, the dehumanization you know, we, we've all experienced that over the past 20 years with the people we've, you know, been at war with. And it, and it really, in the early 2000s, it started a lot with, you know, even in the media and the way they portray, like, you know, our, our enemies and all the disconnection that that creates. And and the empathy and the compassion for, for all those people kind of go away and they're all just seen as othered. Um, and, and, you know, our grandfathers experienced that and, and grandmothers, right, in, in World War II with Nazis and, and, and Germans and, and Japanese people and that dehumanization process. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever talked to an older veteran, you know, or, or even a younger veteran, you know, a lot of that is still uh, really, really in our consciousness because people don't necessarily have the opportunity to step outside of that uh, awareness and, and mindfulness. So it just kind of becomes... Um, as if they're a fish swimming in the water, you know, it's just such a normal, normalized thing. And, and really, you know, um, that, that, that stuff, um, that, that, uh, the, those, that, that conditioning sticks around and, and really it takes a lot of mindful awareness to, to notice the stories inside of me or, uh, um, when, when I'm put in situations where aggression might, might have been my go-to in the past. And it's like, how do I, how do I really want to show up in, in those situations? And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to really get, get real intense about this today. Not, not any more intense than I already have. Um, and, and because one of my favorite actual ways of, of seeing this is like, um, is, is, is like killing bugs, which is like kind of like a, a Buddhist favorite of things not to kill. You know, it's like, especially when people are watching, you know, like, I, and I just remember at times, like starting to see people, like this is even before I kind of knew about Buddhism, like not killing bugs, and like being really cautious with like an ant. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, is this person just playing around right now? What, what, why don't they just, you know, step on that ant? And, and so, you know, but, but there was something in that person that um, caused them to have this respect and reverence for, like, even the smallest little being, you know, for, for whatever reason. And, and where I was at at the time was just in a very judgmental state about that, right? And, and I'm a pretty funny person. I can crack some jokes or this or that, but I didn't quite understand it. Um, um, but because I, I wasn't in that, like, kind of that process of, of change yet, um, of understanding those things. And so, you know, but, but what I've noticed is over the years of, you know, watching people not kill bugs and modeling that, 
you know, that, that, that I, I've, I've started to, to practice that sometimes. Sometimes, right? Sometimes I still kill the bugs. Like, there's just no doubt about that. You know, especially like my safety's at risk. I actually got stung by about 50 bees over the past two years. And so I started getting pretty scared of bees. And I mean, I have no problem killing a bee, but, you know, because they almost killed me, actually. I ended up in the hospital a month ago. Um, but, but here's, here's the thing. I'm not like at war with bees or anything, or, or maybe I am. But, uh, but, but really like it's, um, it's about uh, this train, these trainings are about like understanding where I'm at and like being compassionate about where I'm at. And then, and then giving myself that space to be able to make a different choice if I want to. You know, and that, and that's really what this training has allowed me to, um, to do is start to, um, start to treat people a, a, a little bit differently and start to, really notice the, the, the violence in my mind and the dehumanization in my mind and the way I judge or push other people away. Um, and, and really wanting to, um, take care of my own pain so I don't take that out on other people. And I really think that's a responsibility of all of us, you know, um, to, to take care of ourselves in that way, um, to, uh, so we so we're spreading more love in the world and not not hate and violence. All right, um, and and hey, the next one is is kind of stealing, you know, um, not taking things that aren't yours. And and and, the, and then the kind of the other the positive side of that coin is is right livelihood, right? Like doing the right things. Um, and and you know, stealing is uh, something that for me. You know, when I was a kid, I, I started stealing, like, all these cans of chewing tobacco from the store when I was, like, 12 years old. You know, you can't really buy chewing tobacco. And you might ask, well, why is a 12-year-old chewing tobacco? That's a great question to ask, right? Um, but I would take it all the time, and I would get away with it. I would feel, like, smart and powerful, and it was exciting. Um, and, you know, I got attention for it. Like, oh, that's so cool. I can, like, go in there and, and like, take these things uh, from this, this, this place um, and, and, you know, I eventually, they, they, this creates so much craving inside of me, right? Becoming addicted to nicotine and like kind of maybe the rush of stealing and, and getting away with it is causing me to like think about myself in a certain kind of way. Like, you know, I'm somebody can, who can get away with these things. I'm a little bit special. I'm kind of smarter than other people. And so it's just creating this, all this delusion inside of me and creating a habit. And, you know, I, you know, I was able to, to kind of stop, stop doing that stealing, but it's just such a powerful example to me, um, of, of craving and attachment. But, but there's so many other ones, you know, it's like taking ideas that aren't yours. You know, we all, you know, m- many people want to be successful and, and they can see a path to success and, and, and it, it can be so easy to take shortcuts, take ideas that aren't yours, you know, cheating on tests, like all based on this, this craving and clinging to these like ideals of success and, and, and who we want to be. Um, um, but, but, you know, not taking things, um, like reflects wisdom, like being wise enough to know that that's, um, not, not a good idea in the mental activity that's gonna, that's gonna kick up in you. Um, and, and, and really, you know, taken from other people, not doing that, not harming other people in that way is, is a compassionate thing. Uh, to do, um, you know, and, and the right livelihood piece is, um, is, is so important. I, I talk to a lot of people who feel like, you know, what they do isn't meaningful or significant. And, um, um, and, and, and here's the thing is, is I really, uh, uh, think that what, whatever I'm doing, you know, I can find a way to be uh, the type of person or, or have those, those qualities of compassion and, and wisdom and loving presence like kind of shine through me, like no matter what form I'm in, you know, no matter what my, my livelihood is. Um, and so it's like you can take that form, that loving form in whatever um, way you're currently expressing that. 
And I, and I really like that idea. And, and, and like, and it, it can, it, what's helped me in the past too is like talking to other people about how to see my profession or how to, how to see what I'm doing. And that's why we have a Sangha and that's why we have wonderful teachers. Um, and, and so many teachings is to help us understand, um, that, that no matter what form we're in, we can, we can still, um, we can still use that to to show up in a in a really helpful, loving way in the world. All right. So next, we got sexual misconduct here. Um, you know, and in the right view of that, like that's what don't do that, right? Don't do sexual misconduct. Kind of um, that. That's the um, that's what not to do. That's what to refrain from. And that, again, that's, that's, a, some of that is, is really subjective, right? Cause there's things that I consider sexual misconduct that other people are like, well, that's a really fun Saturday night, you know, <laughs> and, and it's not harming anybody. And, and so it's, it's, you know, that, that a lot of this is subjective here. Now, the right view of this is like the, the other side is, is kind of like loving action. Um, that, that, that's what you should do, right? Um, and, and we just want to be really aware of all the suffering in the world caused by sexual misconduct, um, trafficking, abuse, exploitation, assault. I mean, these things occur. Uh, the statistics are astounding in, in some of these things. Um, and, and that's for, for all, really all genders, you know, um, sex motivated by craving, um, and, and delusion really causes so much suffering in people and the, and the effects reverberate, you know, throughout their, their whole life. Um, and, and again, like this conditioning, you know, how we see and experience sex, uh, that starts so young, um, in our, in our society oftentimes, right? And not, not, not like in school often. It's just with, with our peers, what we see on TV, all the things that we're kind of sitting there with, maybe without any guidance, you know, um, without like, without someone helpful, like kind of talking to, to us about these things. Um, you know, at least that's how it was for me. Like I, you know, I wasn't, I, I like when my dad gave me the talk, I was like, kind of like, Oh my God, this is so awkward, you know? And then, and then I was like really learning the things from, from my peers, you know? Um, and so like, you know, what, what happens is people start to objectify people and just see people kind of as that one thing, like, like kind of as an object, you know, just, just and 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 we lose sight of people's humanity, right? And and so sex can be a really dehumanizing thing too. We really use a lot of dehumanization there. I mean, sex and violence are are um, oftentimes so kind of intertwined. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think, and I think so. I think really the the responsibility, like it, it, to to have that loving action and to figure out kind of. Um, uh, how we handle our sexual desires skillfully. Um, you know, I think it's up to all of us to like figure out what our boundaries are around, around, um, around sex. And, and, and I mean, this is part of our spiritual practice. We, we should be talking to, you know, people we trust, our, 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 our spiritual leaders, you know, our friends. Uh, you know, really trying to understand, um, uh, where we, uh, land in that because really, you know, sex is such a powerful way to connect with one another. Um, and, and, and in like all of these like kind of positive qualities of awakening, like joy, energy, mindfulness, relaxation, concentration, and spaciousness, like that's all come into the, the into play, like in, in the space of sexual connection and intimacy, like that closeness that we need with other people um, uh, to, uh, help us experience love and to stay safe and to survive. I mean, it's really almost, um, you know, a survival level need to connect with, with, uh, with others. Um, you know, and they've, they've done a lot of experiments that show kind of like that, that connection and that attachment. I mean, it's just, just as important, if not more so than, than food and water. I mean, it's just right there. You know, we need that, especially for young people. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we're, we're, cause we're really social creatures and, and, and we also, um, you know, a lot of our earliest relationships were like, 
uh, impacted by all these people that 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 we just don't have any power over, and we're just pretty much, you know, at the at the whims of of learning, you know, and, and being impacted um, by them, you know, and those are our first relationships, and those create such a powerful template in our lives. I think um, that 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 when we get older, it, it's like we we kind of can gravitate to what's familiar with uh, for 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 us and 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 our and our generations and so it can be this like generational burden too of um of 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 having a tough time being in a loving connected relationship without a lot of fear there or a lot of something else but again like these things can change because impermanence neuroplasticity i mean there's so many reasons why uh, why people can start out like one way and then, and then be able to change into, into something else and to like, you know, to let go of some of that conditioning that, that, that's holding us back and to, um, be able to learn like kind of what lies beneath that and where we truly are, um, as a way of letting go of those things. Um, and so, you know, a lot of that, um, loving action has to start with us. It has to start with self-compassion. You know, it has to start with self-kindness and giving ourselves a soft place to land. Uh, you know, when, when, like, when Bonte was doing the meditation, he talked about, like, being kind to yourself. Like, I just heard, I heard those words and I was like, you know, sitting there meditating and about to give this talk and I could kind of feel like the mental activity in my head is like, you know, try, like, kind of trying to tell me, like, oh, you better think about these things you're going to say or, you know, it's not going to be good for you. You know, that's kind of like the way it felt in my body. And then I was like, well, that's and when he said, when Bronte said that, it just kind of like cut through all that, like a knife. And it's like, that, that's not important. What's important right now is, is being nice to yourself right now. And like that pressure isn't, isn't helpful, you know? And it was, and it just, it just seems like just coming back to the present moment, being able to let those, some of those things go, um, is really, really wonderful all right so um loving speech here is is the next one um you know uh undertake the training rule to refrain from false speech so so it's not lying that's what you don't do don't lie um don't use false speech and and what you do do is is use loving or right speech um and and that's a, and that's a big thing right because it's like again what was modeled to you throughout your life what what environments or cultures were you in that and and what did those things kind of uh cause in, to arise in you um speech wise you know it's just so interesting you know it's like i'm i'll talk one way in here right i think we're all a little bit different depending on the context and the situation too so it's like hey you know you're you're sitting in here uh, with Sangha members, you know, you might be probably not going to be dropping a bunch of F-bombs or something or, you know, telling a bunch of lies, but you get out there and, and on a Friday night with, with certain people, like, you know, how's that going to impact you? Um, and, and so, like, uh, there, there's so many things here, like, you know, because there's lies by commission. It's, like, actively lying. There's, like, withholding information. There's white lies kind of covering up the truths. Um, and, and many times it's all a way to try and like kind of control or protect something. Um, um, you know, sometimes it's just like a habit, like smoking, you know, I've met so many people who just like, man, that, that person, you kind of catch on, you're like, oh, they lie. Oh man, they're lying. Why are they lying so much? You know? And like, and it's just so interesting, you know, when you get below the surface with some people and kind of can, can learn about, you know, what, 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 what might have happened to them that would have caused that person to, to need to lie all the time. And oftentimes you'll find like some, you know, domineering parent or, or it's just something they needed to protect from, you know, it's, it's oftentimes not, not as malicious as, as it might seem. Um, um, and, and, you know, here, here's the other part is like, uh, um, uh, you know, that loving, that loving speech part, it starts with this active listening, you know, and, and that's, that is, I think that's like the key to it is, is listening actively and with compassion. And it's a skill. That's definitely a skill because like I, I used to not, not even think one time in my whole life 
about like how to like listen better to somebody until I was, you know, like in my mid thirties, right? Like the thought never even crossed my mind. Not once. And, and then I started to go to school for counseling. I was like, well, okay. And I started to like observe myself and be like, huh, you know, like I'm not, how, how do you have these conversations? Like, how am I going to, how do I, how am I going to talk to people like in a more meaningful way? Um, and, and, and not just like when they're talking, kind of start to think about what I'm going to say or like tell the, the amazing story that's going to like show you like that you should admire me for some reason, you know, like, so I had to figure out how to like be in this conversation with people in a, in a productive way. And, and one of the things, I mean, these are just the littlest skills that I would learn that, and that I would try and practice. And like one of the first things they t- they, I learned in school was like this idea of like reflections, Right. So like, and all that is, is like when you're talking to somebody and they say something, you kind of say it back to them just a little bit different, but, but what they said, you know, and, and that the idea is it, it can move the conversation along. And I remember like learning that and, you know, I, I, I went over to my friend's house and, and she was talking, talking, talking. She was kind of a, a, a talker. And, uh, um, but I was practicing lots of listening, right? And so, like, I, I remember just reflecting back what she said and then, and then hearing her, like, keep going. And I was like, and, and, but she went a little deeper and I was like, huh, that was, that was interesting. You know, you just see you're doing something a little different. You, you, it's a cause and then it affects, it affects things. It affects the energy in a different way. And, and, and I just remember how profound that felt to me that there were things that I didn't know that I could do that could like really change the course of a conversation or an interaction um, in, in some way. And, and so like building on that has uh, using right speech and learning how to communicate better and more fully, I think has, has got to have been one of the greatest gifts in my life. And now it's something that I just, I just keep going with. I just keep trying to, uh, learn more about what happens in these spaces of connection between kind of me and somebody else that just seems so incredibly complex and rich and interesting. Um, and how can I make that, you know, how can I participate in that fully um, while still kind of taking care of myself and still um, being myself? You know, and that, and I think that's, that's a whole lot of fun to figure that out. Uh, last one here, I know you got some great announcements for us is no intoxicants or, um, uh, yeah, what does it say? Oh, refrain from intoxicating liquors and drugs that lead to heedlessness and carelessness. I love that word heedlessness. I don't know why yet, but I just, I always have loved that word. Um, and so, you know, the other side of this is mindful consumption. It's really, um, being aware of, of what we are p- putting into our bodies. And I think that drugs and alcohol is a very narrow view of, of this, right? It's, it's an important view. It's an important thing to talk about um, because it's kind of like one of the, I think, extreme examples of, of, of how we um, cause mental and physical harm to ourselves, you know, by really by escaping the present moment, you know? Uh, there's a, a book I have, it's like addiction is dissociation, right? It means just to really sever yourself from, uh, from, from the present moment as, as an, as an escape in some, in some way. And, and that's with the intoxicants, right? But, but think about it. Like I get intoxicated by stories, the stories I tell myself. I get intoxicated by my beliefs. I get intoxicated by righteous indignation. You know, I, I mean, I just love that stuff. You know, I, I mean, it, it, because it's, it feels so important and so like meaningful and so real, you know, but it's all just like this kind of like fever dream of a current state that I'm in. And it's so funny just to be able to notice when I am intoxicated by these things, you know, by these ideas and stories and perceptions and be able to try and just smash that in some way. And get back to like what's the most real and true thing that's happening right now, um, and so you know I, I I think really that 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 gentle um, uh, inquiry uh, can re- really helps us um, to 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 break through those those stories here, and and really 
you know, the, the other part is, uh, um, you know, what we're consuming, right? What, you know, what we're listening to, what we're watching, um, you know, the environment we're in, the intentions we set, all of these things that are going into us, all of these inputs, you know, um, are all affecting us in one way or another. And, and so it, it, it's like, it's not a black and white thing of like, don't do this. It's like, become more aware of what you're, what you're consuming and how it's affecting you. Definitely be, be more, you know, be more aware of those, those, those like states that you get in that feel just so real and important. Um, but, but might not be, are they really, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, so I, uh, I'm a, I'm a consumer, right? I enjoy buying things and looking at them and kind of like touching them and I get it really into stuff and it makes me really excited. Um, and, you know, I, I do that and I'll, I'll go and I'll go and months will go by and then it's like, huh, I've been buying a lot of things lately. I've been thinking about buying a lot of things lately. Huh. So I just keep doing that. And so, you know, one thing Tyler and I do is we'll go on a consumer detox for like a month and not buy anything unless it's like, you know, food or something really important that like a basic need type of thing. And what I notice is like my mental energy when I first start doing that is still kind of like, huh, I want to buy some things. Like, oh, what about that book? You know, you're thinking, oh, those socks. I need those socks, man. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the third week, I start to notice, you know, hey, it's calming down some. And by the fourth week, I feel an aversion to buying things. I'm like, oh, man, I don't really want to go back to feeling that frantic energy, that craving, that attachment in the future. I, I want to I wanna stay in this more relaxed state. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that's a way just to use intention to really um, try and, you know, limit those things that are intoxicating us. Um, you know, another one for me, and, and I'm going to end here. Uh, I'm just a little bit over um, you know, nic- nicotine addiction has been a big one for, for me. You know, I started, you know, I heard about my dip when I was 12. Right. And so I could tell myself, oh, well, you know, you just, you, 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 you know, you better stop now because it says no intoxicants. But, you know, I, I, I've had to be on this journey for myself of like, you know, going from like dip and cigarettes to using like a nicotine replacement type of thing, um, in order to cause less harm in myself. Um, and, 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 and so it's just like this, this progress I'm, I'm making and, and just noting that, um, in myself and how that feels as I'm just on this path, right? Cause I just, I just don't think the work is done, but I don't think I'm really a thing to be improved on. I think I'm pretty great how I am, but I think that things attach themselves to me. Um, and, and I tend to let them stick around maybe a little bit longer than, than they're welcome. And I see some people shaking their heads cause they're like, oh yeah, that happens to me too. So, um, you know, we all have the opportunity by kind of taking these precepts together, um, as, as more of a commitment to ourselves, um, to, to understand how these, these precepts impact us and to become more aware of ourselves and, and to be part of the community. So I hope to see you all on the, the 28th. Um, and thank you for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Grant. That was wonderful. And we really, uh, <clears throat> as a Buddhist monks, we really enjoy to hear and share their, their experience. And the 28th is our next uh, precept ceremony, and we encourage everyone, to, if you haven't signed up, Yet, so that was a wonderful talk. <clears throat> so if, if I have to tell you one thing, please don't kill bees. Uh, I like my honey with my oatmeal in the morning. So, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, yeah, is anybody new today? Yeah, please say your name. Shane, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the temple, yeah. Michael, thank you for coming and welcome to the temple. Hannah. Hannah, thank you for coming. Anyone else? Yeah? Yes? Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming and welcome. Well, thank you all and um, there will be some announcement. Good morning, everybody. 
I'll acknowledge I'm a little biased, but that was really great. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> um, Monk, Wednesday, uh, Bante Rahula and I uh, are going to do some precept conversations. I love the language, East meets West. We rehearsed a little bit yesterday. And uh, so if you are able to join us on Wednesday night, uh, Bonte is going to go through sort of the true Buddhist perspective and teaching of each precept. And then I'm going to talk about sort of the practical application in the real world. So it'll be more of a conversation than a Dharma talk. We'll include you in that conversation. And we're kind of excited about that. I think um, those of you who've been around a while probably acknowledge we're really talking a lot about precepts the last couple of months as we get ready for this ceremony, way more than than before. In fact, uh, by by the number of talks, we've had 12 times more than before. And I, I just want to acknowledge that we're doing that because it's what we are identifying as an issue in the state of the world, that we're watching the world and the chaos that the world is in. And we, we really want to acknowledge that the purpose of this place is to cultivate practices that we can go out and help people and make the world better. And these five are sort of the foundation of that belief. So that's why you're seeing so much heavy emphasis on it. And I hope it's really helpful for people because if we could just take what we have here and walk out into the world, imagine the ripple we could take make. Um, a few updates that are pretty awesome. Uh, so I've been coming to this building since I was 11. I fell in love with it uh, back then. I've loved it for a long time. I've been falling out of love with it for the last six months um, <laughs> because we've been on this construction journey. But I do want to acknowledge, if you notice, Tessa now has her own private office, which is amazing. She gets interrupted a whole lot, and we all know the power of focus. So we do now have a little lobby and then her own private office. And then we've built another office uh, for... Uh, Rebecca, which will be great, so now they can have separate space and be a little more effective, and we built a great storage room for the bookstore, and actually we're going to have more space for the bookstore, but we also have our inventory present, which will be really nice. So that work is all done. Go check it out. It looks really beautiful. Uh, outside has been a much, a much longer journey. Uh, we're replacing our stairs. We are tuck pointing the whole building. We're putting in a huge outdoor meditation space uh, and really doing some very significant maintenance work to this ancient uh, and lovely space. Uh, and so I just wanted to pass on some news. We went to the, the Building Commission and the Historic Preservation Commission and made a presentation about what we're doing here in order to get permits. Uh, and some of our permits are issued, others are forthcoming still. Uh, and so we're really struggling to get this done before the weather freezes, but I think we're going to make it. And uh, when we went to the commission, I gave the presentation with our architect and I was, I was really moved. Bonte Rahula was there. Uh, from, from the bench, they, they acknowledged that they really consider us sort of the gateway to this town square. And that they are just so proud of our interactions with the community. They're so grateful to have us here. Um, acknowledged that it was a little weird for a Buddhist temple to show up here. And they've just been amazed by what we've done and how we've taken care of this, this building. They directly acknowledged how appreciative they are that we left the stained glass with Jesus and Mary and that, that we're so diverse and welcoming. Um, even acknowledged the fact that we now have Kuan Yin and will have a Buddha statue, so sort of a male-female energy outside, and that they really see what we're doing as a public space, that we're creating an outdoor meditation space that is absolutely for the public. Um, and they just really commended us for that. We had not one negative comment. Uh, we didn't have to fix a single thing. They were just really celebrating and supporting us. And so that's because of all of you. So we're really grateful. And that's really good news for us. And eventually you'll be able to walk up our front stairs safely. So that'll be really nice. Uh, the basement is going to be dry because we did a bunch of tuck pointing. Uh, we're getting ready to work on some metal uh, guardrails around our windows to keep preserving our beautiful stained glass. So the never-ending journey of preserving a decaying structure continues, and so thank you for tolerating all of that. Uh, last but not least, we have um, Bonte Rahula has been really working on this sound healing, and many of you were there. We had a huge, enormous, spectacularly good turnout. We're so grateful. Um, and so we're starting to put together some packages for Bonte, and I just want to talk about them because I hope you all can benefit from this. Um, He's, he's offering various packages that we're going to have in the temple packages and then on location. So what we define as on location is about 50 miles, anywhere within 50 miles of the temple. 
So we have two pricing structures. We have a pricing structure for one to 10 people. If you wanted to have a small event with a small curated group of friends, uh, either at the temple or in your place, we have private group events, which would be 11 to 24 people. Uh, so two prices for that at the temple and on location and then public events, 25 plus. A uh, couple couple options for that, and then the the one that might be the most interesting to many of us is just the private sessions. Two people, um, either at the temple or on location, um, you know, one or two, or just yourself. Imagine imagine if you're coming home from a surgery and you just want a private healing session. How great would it be to come here or have Bonte come to you? Um, so this is really a lovely new offering we have, and if you want to experience it before talking about any of those packages. Our next one's coming up, and uh, so we're really looking forward to continue to celebrate your new business uh, <laughs> and your new gift to the world. We actually got to talk yesterday about some of the really good works that you want to do with it. Um, Bonte is absolutely dedicated to rebuilding his home temple where his teacher is and building them a new space. So he's he's setting up a nonprofit for the funds that he creates from this work uh, and is going to direct it towards uh, his temple and his uh, teacher in, in gratitude. I'm going to go see it in December in Sri Lanka uh, so yeah. I can get my eyes on it and figure out how we can be even more helpful. So know that all the stuff we do is going to good things and we're grateful for you all. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for coming. And uh, if you're still considering to sign up for the, the precepts, so um, if you can make it on Wednesday at 7 meditation, so like uh, Tyler mentioned, we will have, if you have any doubts, and I can help you to, to get rid of that doubts. And, and it will help you. It's a, it's a challenge that you will take it upon yourself. It's not something that is like you have to do it. Uh, it's something that you can challenge yourself to do. it. And um, thank you for uh, talking about my sound healing and meditation. And that's a, this is a unique event uh, that uh, that probably I'm the only Theravada Buddhist monk who does that in the whole world. I don't know anyone else. I'm just promoting myself here. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the uniqueness about the the sound healing. This is something I felt personally. And it's, it's very personal from buying the singing bowl to, to going all the way to Ontario, Canada, because I just wanted to make it my personal, uh, to share with everyone. And I had a, uh, nice uh, experience and, and sharing with, uh, all of you. And, uh, the uniqueness about our, uh, sound healing is include meditation and ancient Buddhist chanting. Uh, that's the uniqueness about uh, the our singing bowl and the crystal bowl. So if you haven't signed up for the next event, so uh, please consider signing up and looking forward to see you. And do not forget, and there are some good food at the market from Sri Lanka. So if you're hungry, and you can enjoy that too. So, okay. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day.